Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 103 of the Love Life Connection podcast. So we're in the beginning of 2018, and I just want to say a few words about that. So if you're listening to this after the new year, then hang tight because you can apply to what I'm about to say to really any time of year, anytime when you set some goals or some intentions for yourself, and things just don't quite pan out the way that you wanted them to. So I've talked about this a lot before, whether on my podcasts and my email list and also my Instagram, I talk a lot about how much I love the new year. I just love the fresh slate. I love setting new goals, new intentions. I actually love having like an empty spreadsheet of goals I want to make and I have a whiteboard of all my goals and it's totally empty right now. And I just love it because I love getting to fill that in as the year unfolds. So you can start off the year just feeling like you're on cloud freaking nine, right? You just feel so excited for the year. This is a new you, new year, fresh slate, great intentions. Everything's awesome. And then January 2nd or whatever the first day of work for you rolls around. And sometimes it can take a really quick nosedive. And if that's you, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Because perhaps you were so excited about what you wanted to become, to do, to have in 2018, only for those first few days or first few weeks to actually feel more like a faceplant. So if that's you, I want you to know these two things. So the first thing is I want you to know that this is not a sign of what's to come for you in 2018. I deeply, deeply, deeply believe that the universe truly works 
for us. We just have to be open to receiving it. So if 2018 isn't starting the way you wanted it to, I believe that there's some lesson you need to learn before you're ready to receive what you want. So whatever that face plant moment was, or that not ideal situation, or that failure, whatever it was that happened at the beginning of 2018 that's throwing you off, I want you to think, what is there to learn? What can I, why is this thing happening to me? What is it teaching me? What soul lessons can I take with me from this experience so that I can still keep moving and be better prepared to receive those things that I want to be, do, and have in 2018? So that's number one. And number two, I want you to know that just because your first few weeks or maybe even your first few months, depending on when you're listening to this, of 2018 aren't ideal, I want you to know that this year isn't over yet. And this month isn't over yet. And hell, today isn't over yet. I don't care when you're listening to this. This also this always applies. If you're listening to this episode on December 31st at 11.45pm 2018, this year is not over yet. And this day is not over yet. And this month is not over yet. So please, please do not give up on yourself. There is always something you can do, some phone call you can make, some sort of self-soothing or self-care practice that you can do to help you reach your goals and your intentions and your desires. So don't write off this thing as something you're just not meant to have or that it's too late for you because it's not. And 2018 is not over over yet. So with that said, I love my conversation with Salona. I think this is a great conversation to have at the beginning of 2018, because I think so often we get caught up in sometimes the day-to-day and keep our eye off of the big prize, right? So obviously in this context, I'm going to be talking about finding love and relationships, but I think that you can apply this to really any situation in your life. So here's the question that I want you to think about really over the next few weeks, but especially as you're listening into this episode, and that is, is dating distracting you from finding love? Is dating distracting you from finding love? So think about it. Think about in 2017 or the years before, did you get caught up in the texting and the swiping and the scrolling and what you look like, your outfit, your weight, um, or even how the flow of conversation goes on date number one or date number two? Is that what you think about and obsess about and get triggered over and let your mind run rampant over? I find so, so many of my clients and so many women in this community get so caught up in the minutia of dating that they forget that this whole dating thing is to find love. Love is the goal and dating is a way to get there, but it's not necessarily the only way to finding love. I believe that you can tender as much as you want to or don't want to. You can text as much as you want to or as much as you don't want to, but none of that is going to make it or break it for you and your path towards a real love, a real, honest, healthy, equal feeling relationship. So the path to finding real love and not just another date, it's not just about dating. It's actually an inside job. And there might be a little, and this is what I mean by that, there might be a little girl inside of you who was hurt for not receiving the love she wanted from mom or dad. So she seeks that out and the men that she dates and ultimately attracts people just like her parents, which are going to be emotionally unavailable men trying to heal that wound and feel and fill that void. 
Or perhaps there's a part of you that believes you have to please others and make them happy. And it's your job to make them happy or take care of them or please them in order for them to love you in return or to give you their approval in return. Yet I have a feeling that if that's you, the more you please, the more you feel alone, and probably the more you attract narcissistic or and or controlling men. So I can tell you all day long how to write a great profile, or how to flirt, or how to send a text message, or how to have a conversation to get what you need or want in a relationship. But if you have some of these core inner issues that I'm talking about, and I just gave two examples just now, there's many, many more. But if you have these core issues persisting inside, then all of the dating advice in the world isn't going to help you. And I find this to be a really big difference between coaching and therapy. And I'm not knocking therapy. So if you're in therapy, have been to therapy, are a therapist, I truly believe that therapy is a beautiful healing modality. I've been to therapy before, and I absolutely loved it. And it's very necessary for some people. However, I find a lot of people go to therapy looking for support and finding love, but the help that they actually need lies within coaching, which is much more future focused and goal oriented and also action oriented. So the way I like to think about it is with coaching, you're standing in a room with your therapist there's a chair in the center of the room and you're walking around the room, analyzing the chair from different angles, right? So that's like your childhood, looking at your past from different angles. Whereas coaching, you're sitting in the chair, I'm sitting in a chair next to you, you're in the driver's seat, I'm in the passenger seat, I've got the Google Maps open and I'm helping you get from A to B. Ultimately, you're the driver, you're the one getting yourself from A to B, but I'm there providing you some support saying, well, this way is going to be longer, but there's less traffic. This way is going to be more direct, but we might hit some traffic. So let's figure out which works for you, right? Ultimately, you're going to make that decision, but I'm helping you figure out what's true for you. So that's how I like to see it. I don't know if that helps you, but it certainly helps me when I'm explaining it to potential clients or people who are just like, what the hell is coaching? So anyways, most months I have anywhere from from one to three coaching spots open for new clients totally depends on if current clients resign on which is pretty common. Um, But usually I have one to three spots open each month, of course, not always. Um, But as of this recording, I do have a couple spots open in January for those who are seeking some support and accountability and finding an equal loving partnership this year and 2018. So if 2018 is the year that you want to get over your ex or become the person you need to be to find the love you want or feel a sense of mastery in your career and relationships and the decisions you make in your life and your health and your self-care and your spirituality, then I would love to chat with you to see if coaching would be the right next step for you. It's not for everyone. So this kind of introductory call is just to explore if we're a good fit for each other and if coaching is a good fit for you in your personal development journey. So to apply for a call with me, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there's a quick form to fill out. So make sure you fill that form. And then it'll actually refresh you to my calendar. And from there, you can schedule a quick phone chat with me. So I cannot wait to chat with you and to get to know you and to discuss if coaching would be the right Uh, next step for you in 2018. So again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. 
Okay, whew, on to today's episode. So in today's show, my guest and I talk about how to manifest a relationship without dating and how to keep your power even in triggering situations. So if someone triggers you online or in person or an ex, someone you're dating, someone you want to date, whatever it is, we're going to talk a lot about how to keep your power and not give your power away to someone or something else. An incredibly powerful episode and just a really great tone to set the year and let this year be the year of empowerment for you and all things love. I think that would be a really, really big step in helping you to find not just love, but also an equal fulfilling partnership this year. So as you listen into my conversation with Salona, I have a few questions I want you to consider. So do you find yourself thinking you need to change your city, your job, or find the one in order to be happy? Do you do this work, this work meaning personal development work, and feel great about it, but then as soon as you get triggered, you feel like you've taken 10 steps back and everything's falling apart and you're failure and you never find find love? Like, does your mind go that way? Because I know mine does. What's your relationship to dating? Do you feel like it's something you have to do? Is it just a means to an end? And finally, is dating getting in the way of you finding love? All right, so keep these questions in mind as we listen in to my conversation with Salona. All right, we are back and I've got Salona with me. Hi, Salona, and welcome to the Love Life Connection. Hey, Veronica. It is so exciting for me to be here with you today. I'm excited to dive in. Well, I am so excited about what we're going to talk about. When you sent me the email of what you want to talk about, I was just like, yes, my people are going to devour this. So super excited to to jump in. Um, But before we do that, I would just love for you to share a little bit more about yourself. So I'd love for you to share what do you do in the world and also your story. Were you someone who was born this way or do you have like a before and after type of thing going on? Okay, well, I'll start and you can certainly, you know, help me fill in a gap where I'm starting to elaborate or... um, But yeah, I am a feminine embodiment mentor and transformational guide for women, obviously. And I I refer to my work as the path of the integrated woman. And it's really about supporting women in reclaiming all the places where they've given their power away and in coming back to the knowing that they are not broken and they don't need to be fixed. And so by holding a completely safe, loving container and space, I offer them this really rare and precious opportunity to really dive deeply into themselves and show up raw and transparent so they can be seen at a soul deep level because this is really what lays the most fertile ground for transformation and healing. And it's this space of neutrality that they can drop into that really allows them to open up. Like there's really no place they cannot go to explore, to excavate, to discover, um, and, and, and unlock within themselves. And what I find is that when once a woman is really anchored into this temple of her truth, she then becomes so deeply self-referenced and able to navigate her life and all of its challenges in a way that actually liberates her into becoming more of the woman she knows she's here to be. So I love that. I just want to jump in. I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, I I feel like that's 
what I do just within the microcosm or the sphere of relationships is just, we so often give our power away to online dating or to men or to our ex and we don't even realize we're doing it. Um, so I yeah. just so appreciate this work because we do it in all areas of our life. It's not just relationships. So I just appreciate your work that you're putting out into the world. It's so important. Yeah. Thank you. And I love yours too. So, um, yeah, you asked me, have I, was I always this way? I mean, I, um, you know, my passion for this work really grew out of my own personal lifelong yearning for, to really step into a truer, fuller expression of myself. Mm -hmm. And for as long as I can remember, I've had this relentless, unshakable knowing that I was meant for so much more than I was allowing myself to be and to experience and to express and embody. And as a young teen, I battled with low self-esteem, poor body image issues, and an eating disorder, which was really my way to escape from my body and my life. And I really shut down and cut myself off in many ways from my own femininity, my own aliveness, my own joy and pleasure. And even though I healed through to the other side of this eating disorder relatively quickly, I really, I continued to struggle in early adulthood with feelings of extreme self-judgment and self-loathing and shame, really focusing on what was wrong with me and what I had to fix about myself or what I had to improve or get rid of in order to hopefully someday, one day be enough. And I think a lot of women can relate to this. So I know I'm not alone. And I just was totally convinced that I didn't have what it took to truly shine and to be all of the woman I knew in my bones I was capable of. And I just felt like such a failure and at not being able to actualize my potential that I just really forgot what it was like to feel good in my skin. I didn't deserve I could be happy or fulfilled and I just had lost my zest for life. And it wasn't until I started living, uh, traveling and living in places like Africa and India and Nepal, at which point I, I saw how much they thrived and exuded such delight and an abundance of spirit despite many of the hardships and really meager living conditions of their daily experience, that I woke up to start to see there was another option. Because even though in many cases they didn't even have electricity or running water or you know, more than maybe one or two rooms per household or even a floor in their homes, they were so happy and so fulfilled and just overflowing with joy and freedom but they had very little of what we believe we need in order to be joyful and expressed. And so what I really came to wake up to is that it's not what's happening or not happening or the conditions that are present, but rather our internal state and perception that is going to determine our, our experience. Mm -hmm. And so this, you know, and I could go on and on, but I, I know our time is, is concise today. So, but to make a long story short, it's really, uh, you know, I, I knew I wanted some of that, which they embodied 
And I knew that something had to change in me if I was going to avoid the grief of going through my life, kind of sleepwalking through my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the quest that led me to to where I am and to figure this out and to really dive in deeply to look at what I needed and what women need and what are those core foundational practices and ingredients to to really help us break free from the shame and the emptiness and this constant chasing and anxious striving but never arriving so that we really can create and thrive in the bright and brilliant lives that we desire. Yeah, well, anxious striving but never arriving. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I think a lot of people listening to this will be able to relate. I mean, I can certainly relate. I mean, it's just... I feel like you have to const not const constantly is not the right word, but this is just a process and you always have to be doing this work because that's just the society that we live in is this striving, but not arriving. And so yeah. I, I love you putting words, words to that. Um, that just really jumped out. Um, mm. I know we're not going to talk about travel too much, but I just appreciate that you, you know, had your aha moment while you were traveling. Um, because I think I have two, um, but in, in very different ways. And for those listening, I have an episode on the self-discovery and traveling. So I'll put that in the show notes mm. for everyone. Um, mm. But I had this travel bug ever since really high school. Um, and I went abroad for the first time in high school for a, to a couple different places. And then um, wanted to be just doing nothing but going abroad in college. And then after college, I lived abroad and was just traveling all these places. And... And I'm just kind of curious to hear your experience. Um, and I didn't have have the experience that you had until I visited my sister in her village in Tanzania when she was in the Peace Corps, who, you know, it's a very, I shouldn't say typical, but it's just one of those villages that's like, you know, people are living on less than a dollar a day. Like, and that was the first time mm-hmm. I had seen, I guess you could say that kind of poverty, but like, I mean, yeah, but they were so happy and mm-hmm. the community. I mean, it's everything that I think we're all striving for in our world. Um, but one thing that I found for me, and I think this will probably kind of tie into what we're going to talk about, is when I was traveling, I think I was doing it to find myself or discover something. And I'm not sure I could even now say what that something was. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was living abroad, especially after college, um, it was great. And I'm so glad I did it. I did that. And But at the same time, I felt really, really lonely because it's like, wherever you go, there you are. And I think that was my lesson from traveling. And so coming mm. back to the United States a couple of years after that was when I was like, okay, like I have to, whatever this thing that I'm looking for, like, I don't need to travel in order to find it. Like, cause it's within myself. So I'm just kind of curious if you had that kind of experience or what your reaction is to it. Mm. Yeah, that's such a great point, Veronica. You know, I was super nomadic for so much of my life um, for unique reasons. For example, um, I mean, we could go on and on, but um, it's just fun to chat. But, you know, my um, just my father had a um, I grew up with a father who was very afraid of travel and flying. Mm -hmm. And um, he's definitely gotten himself some some pretty cool places by now. But my mother was so terrified that my brother and I would absorb his fear and insecurity, um, you know, his phobia. So she made it a point to 
raised us in a way that we felt comfortable being anywhere in the world. So um, I'm grateful to her for that. And so that I, I, I became quite nomadic for a long, long time. And to the point um, of almost, I think it was, it could almost be, I mean, yes, there was the legitimate desire and yearning and appetite for the world and for this broader perspective. And for, like you said, like those reflective experiences that sort of catalyzed us into a new level of self-discovery. Um, and I think there's a point at which it can become a running away, um, and an avoidance of what, of another dimension that opens up when we actually stay present, um, with the life that we already have. And so I really shifted, um, you know, as I started to get more grounded and, and put down roots and spend longer periods of time in, um, one place it, it, you, you, you then channel that energy that's so up and out, um, actually into your own, you know, your own integration, your own self-discovery, your own healing and grounding and embodiment and really inhabiting, um, as I say, this temple of yourself and that traveling can be a distraction too, I think is what maybe we're kind of uh, elucidating here. Yeah. So it's just finding that be, you know, being aware of what your motivations are. Exactly. And I am tying this back and not tying it back, but coming into our topic of the day, which is relationships and dating, I think. Um, and I speak for myself and I'm quite sure I'm speaking for many listening to this podcast as well is, um, we do the same thing with relationships, especially with dating. Um, it's like we want a relationship on the one hand, but then on the other hand, we're looking for someone or something to give us something that we're seeking or fill a void or whatever you want to call it. And then eventually, like, the actual dating can be a distraction to um, being in a loving, healthy, healthy relationship, right? So true. Yes, <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. Um, so I'm wondering if this ties in to one thing that I know that you wanted to share, and that is... Um, you know, what do you find, you know, for your clients who are um, single and wanting to date or wanting a relationship or whatever it is? um, What is, you know, their, the first step or the first thing that you have them do before they start dating and whether it's after a relationship or after just having a dating hiatus, what's the first thing for them to do? Yeah. And yeah, there are actually two here. So, um, the first one, though, um, that we had discussed talking about here is um, the, the one thing I love to give my clients is yeah, it can be at any time. Um, like you said, I um, was inspired to do this myself years ago after a long stretch of being single. And it was really um, there was just this turning point where like there was just this inner ripening for, okay, I'm ready to put myself out there and open up to, you know, um, that interaction, you know, from between the, the, ma- the masculine and the feminine. Cause I had really been a bit cloistered for my own personal, um, process and healing and integration that I was really committed to. And so I was inspired and I thought, you know, the only way I can do this is I get, if I get really grounded in what is my, what is my intention? Really? What is my highest intention? 
in choosing to open this door, in choosing to open my heart again, open my body again, open my life again, open myself in like more than I ever had before. And so what I love to give my clients is to really tune in to take the focus off. It's almost really tuning in to what do you want more than the man, more than the relationship, more than the marriage, more than the family, whatever those imaginary outcomes. What do you want that you have control over? Like, what do you want for yourself and your life? So for example, um, for me, it was, I mean, it was a more, um, there was more to it than this, but it, it really came back to self-love so that, you know, and you can explore, you like, what is the, what is the quality of your essence that you're most desiring to cultivate, to nurture, and to even, uh, really master and embody more of, and to use this process of dating in order to do so. So that could be a variety of things for different women. And I'm curious what maybe you um, think back to when you started dating, but the, the why this is so empowering and grounding for a woman is that this then becomes the lens and the portal through which they navigate every interaction, every encounter, mm-hmm. every experience, or even the triggers that arise. So it's every date, every phone call, every text message, every interaction online, where it can be highly triggering. And it can be really vulnerable. And it can be a really sensitive, tender area for a woman to open up to. And so it's continuing like so that we get and we can still get derailed. We lose ourselves. We talked about giving your power away. So this is a way it's like having an anchor, Mm -hmm. having a touchstone for How can you alchemize whatever other feelings might arise in this experience and really um, channel it towards your highest intention, transform it so that it actually serves you in that goal, in that intention? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. And I think it's um, pretty similar to a process that I have my clients do um, early on in our work together, which is... um, basically creating your ideal relationship and not about the relationship itself or the person. Cause often it's like, well, what do you want in a relationship? Well, I want him to be tall and kind and all these things. I'm like, no, but with the relationship, what does that look and feel like? And then I immediately, you know, let's say they want, I want to feel connected in my relationship. I want to feel relaxed or calm. I want to feel loved. I want to feel secure. All of these things I'm like, okay, cool. These are all perfect things to have in your relationship. Um, so turn it around yourself, start doing those things because, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going back to what you said, um, you can control those things. Um, because, and I say this to my clients all the time, like I can't, control when you'll meet someone you can't control when you meet someone you can't control how people are going to behave but you can control how you behave but then more importantly your emotions um and which is so ironic because um you know myself and a lot of women in my community are i would say like self-described control freaks just want to control everything it's like well if we want to control everything just control these things <laughs> um, right and, exactly and, and, you know because obviously we can't control what other people do but we can control our 
you know, our own self and what, <clears throat> what we're doing, what we're feeling and, and thinking even. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I have a lot of my clients start. Um, because And then, yeah. oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So, and then the next step is that I find very revealing. Um, and I did a video on this a couple months ago called um, How to Manifest a Relationship Without Dating. I saw um, that video and I can't wait to hear what you talk about. Yeah, it's I kind of a that. clever... <laughs> you know, a clever title, it's, I think is intriguing, but it's, it's also so real. And you'll understand why, because, you know, when women come to me, or this can be applied even outside of dating, it's to anything. But, you know, we say, and this is where my work is really, um, works really with the um, kind of the unconscious patterning that's kind of running the show under the surface, let's say, or behind the scenes and where we're kind of can fall into this push pull relationship, the inner conflict inside. But we say we want one thing. So specifically around dating, you know, women come to me and um, they wonder, okay, so I've been dating, I'm putting myself out there, but the relationship isn't, you know, it's just not on my radar. So women can say they want it. And yet at the same time, there is, there are some unconscious, uh, you know, limiting patterns that are really under the surface that end up running the show. So that we're, you know, so that part of our, our energy system is actually committed to maintaining the status quo of what, what, um, you know, of single life or whatever the status quo looks like of not being in a loving relationship. And this is where, you know, um, so for example, a way to kind of start to unlock this and get more clarity into what's sort of hiding in the shadows is to feel into, okay, when the relationship, like if I had the relationship of my dreams, the man of my dreams shows up, then I would dot, 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 and start to fill in the blank. So there's a two, there's two sides to this. We're going to kind of not, you know, I don't love to use positive and negative, but for the sake of this conversation in the English language, the, like, if I had a relationship, then I would like, think of what you would lose that you're attached to or what you would lose that you value or what you would have to let go of that you don't want to, or what you would have to expose. So this is where we start to see, oh, yeah, if I had this epic relationship of my dreams with the, the man of my dreams, then maybe he would see how, you know, not together I am, or this or that. Like, it's really just what would you be opening yourself up to that part of you or a lot of you is actually in resistance to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's generally some, you know, some deeper healing and integration that has to go into that in order to clear your system to actually be more available and receptive to what it is you consciously think and say you're wanting. Yeah. I want to pause you here and just, um, <clears throat> I know I, I have some examples in my head, um, and so you might as well, so I'd love for you to share those. Um, but for those listening <clears throat> who are like, um, no, it's like everything that I want. Like I get that, like, it's, you know, like I, I want a, I want a relationship. Why am I going to sabotage it or have this unconscious patterning? So just some examples of that I've heard 
well, for my own life, but then also from clients is, um, you know, if I had this epic relationship, then I might lose my independence. Or, yes. Um, if I had this relationship, um, then I would have to compromise on how I want the house decorated. I mean, it can be things like that. Or if I had this epic relationship, then someone would see me for who I really was, or they would see what my body looks like under these clothes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'm trying yeah. to think of some other things that I know I've, I've heard from clients. Those are some of the big ones that, that come to mind. I don't know if you have any other examples to share just to get people listening to this, um, their brains turning up how they might be um, essentially sabotaging themselves. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Some other, I like yours and um, yeah. And I think a lot of women I know for myself, I really gave early on in my life, I really would lose myself into mm-hmm. in relationships. Yeah, you know, I too. think in this society, we just sort of sublimate our power and our feelings to, to men. So for me, you know, once we've come to a place of greater empowerment and self-discovery and we're really kind of on fire with our own purpose and our own creative expression in the world, I, I've become quite much more territorial and protective of my personal space so as not to fall into those old traps, those old patterns. So I think there can be some of that residue of, um, you know, or where those things just where we ended up falling into unfulfilling, dishonoring uh, relationships with men that we don't, that we don't, we may not trust ourselves to not repeat old patterns. That can be a big one. Um, and then, yeah, it's really like what we would have to expose, like anything that we're feeling, you know, thinking about what are those three things, five things that we really don't want anyone to know about us. Yeah. It could be one no, thing. Just, one I thing just, is enough, but, but we don't have to talk about it here, but mm-hmm. we usually all have like a handful of things that, no, I really would rather nobody know that about me. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's enough reason to keep your man at arm's length. Yeah. Um, one other thing that just came to mind, I want to make sure I say before I forget, this is the number one thing I, I hear probably within this context of if I had this relationship then, um, is, well, I don't know if it's exactly fits into the blank, but it's the same kind of concept, which is I'd rather be single than, um, you know, be in that kind of relationship or be in like be with my ex or be with that crappy mm-hmm. person or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course, you'd rather be single than be in this toxic whatever relationship. It's, but since when were those the only two choices? Right. And, and right. so I think that I don't again, I'm trying to think of how it would fit into the blank of this sentence you gave us. Um, but it's, you know, if I had this epic relationship, then I don't know, it wouldn't be possible because men are X, Y, Z. I don't know exactly how it fit in, but I think that type of, um, patterning happens a lot as if like our two choices are to be single or be with a crappy guy or a crappy relationship or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a different topic, but it's so important to, to name that because that's another thing that. Um, a big part of the work I do with the women that come to me is we, we don't, it, it can be so black or white, like you said, those are the only two options, because we don't always have a healthy reference point for what it is that really does um, 
does feel more in alignment and does inspire us and really what it is we're craving. We've never had it. We don't have personal evidence or a track record. So there is the work of actually building up and cultivating that new reference point, which we then have to elevate our own um, vibration and our own frequency to actually be a match and be available to let that in, which is what this work that we're talking about is all about. And which is kind of part two to this manifesting a relationship without dating, similar to what we were talking about a few minutes ago is this is more towards the positive of what we're, what you want to build out is, you know, once you have that, like when, um, if I had this relationship of my dreams, who do you imagine being? What do you imagine you would be doing, experiencing, feeling, thinking differently that you're kind of waiting or thinking you can only experience that once that outcome has manifested in your 3D reality. And those are the things that, you know, you're basically talking about giving your power away. You are deflecting your power to some elusive future um, and completely losing yourself in the process, postponing the depth of fulfillment and the capacity, this is where you start to build that new reference point and start to um, cultivate that energetic within yourself and your own life by, by really capturing and identifying the essence of what that desired outcome, that dream relationship really represents for you. Yeah. What would it give you that you don't think you have now? And then really start to mine your current experience for opportunities to give that to yourself, to cultivate that, to search, you know, the date yourself approach. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. um, not giving your power away to a man or to the future to deliver it to you, but generate it and create it yourself. Right. So, so that, you know, I'm, you can really take pen to paper with that and brainstorm and challenge your limiting you know, challenging your position that, no, I can't have that now, or it doesn't exist now. Right. Yeah. So, so on that, you know, I know women listening to this, like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. That sounds really good. I'm all about this. Like, woo, go Veronica and Selena. But um, when, you know, when then real life happens, and um, someone doesn't text back or call back, or you get like a weird or nasty message on online dating, or someone you liked is interested, like all these triggering things, right? Um, you know, what are some ways that um, you suggest <clears throat> to, um, you know, basically keep feeling how we're talking about now, like keeping your power in your hands mm -hmm. rather than someone else's or something. Yeah, else's. totally. <laughs> right. Like this never happens to us only like 10 <laughs> times a day. Um, yeah. And this comes up. Um, this is a good question because, I find for myself and with the woman I work with, we, these triggers, especially with men, especially with, with romantic relationships, it's like the hot, like the charge is so intense mm -hmm. and there's such a raw tenderness that we bring to that experience. And so I find for, it can be really humbling and discouraging when we get triggered and we think, Oh, I've already worked on this. Like I thought I had healed that. What's going on? Um, 
So the first step that I love to give to women is, um, you know, yeah, like you said, we get a, a message or we get a rejection or a man says something that's really hurtful or um, is unavailable, you know, is um, hard to get or whatever's, you know, whatever our hot um, button is or little or big. But the first step that a lot of us bypass is because we go so fast into shame, blame, and self-judgment. Like, why is this happening? I should have it together. Is to actually flip the switch and really love, accept, and be kind and forgiving to yourself in the face of whatever feelings are arising with that trigger. So we don't make our reaction wrong, which is what a lot of us do. Can you relate to that? Yeah. 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 Right. Like step one is make nothing wrong inside what you're going through. Really turn that loving attention to yourself. Be tender and compassionate and gentle with yourself. And that's what just starts to diffuse the reactivity and like the hot, like the heat around it. Um, And then once you've kind of calmed and soothed your nervous system around it is really start to investigate. Okay. So what power do I, because already we're giving our power away to that person or that situation. And then we keep giving it away by going into blame and shame and self judgment of ourselves. So the, then we want to look at, so what power do I have? Where do I have power right now? And really start to evaluate where is my power? Like, where am I? Where is my attention? Um, am I in my body? Am I out of my body? Um, and just kind of feel yourself. I mean, this is like, we probably don't have time to go into it today, but a big part of my work is the process of embodiment. So we can just slip that in a little bit now, but it's really coming back home to really inhabit yourself from the inside out. And so that you're feeling more grounded, more settled, more connected. Because when we leave ourselves, we leave and we leave our bodies, especially in the face of a trigger, It's basically, we are basically doing what to ourselves, what was always been done to us. It's a really, it's a way to reject and abandon ourselves, which is like pulling the rug out from under ourselves. There's, there's just no chance for us to feel safe. So the process, the practice of embodiment is start, it starts to restore that sense of safety, uh, and self love. And then you can start to look at, okay, so what choices do I have? What options do I have here to empower myself? It could be a, a shift of attitude. It could be a shift of attention. It could be, you know, just these practices, these, these little baby steps of coming back to yourself, coming back to your highest intention, coming back to how you want to feel, what, what your intention is. I mean, this is where the highest intention becomes your anchor point. You translate that and alchemize a highly triggered situation into something that serves you. And lastly, so really what it comes down to is you're looking at 
So how, how is this interaction? How is this trigger? How is this way this person is talking to me or treating me or not showing up for me? How is it a reflection of my own relationship with myself? It may not be an exact replica, but there's usually a flavor of it that we can uh, pick up on. Like, in what ways am I doing this or have I done this to myself in the past? And that's where your attention needs to be more than on the other person or what they did wrong or what they need to change or do differently. It's really reclaiming. Um, what's yours to do and where you do have the power and the control. Does that make sense? Absolute sense. I, I love that. I think that's actually a perfect place to, um, wrap up our conversation. I just think that's really, I mean, it's very powerful and I think a good place to, to end. Um, so where can my people find you if they, you know, want to learn more about you or explore this with you deeper? Yeah, well, my website is my name, SalonaCarlisle.com. And on there, um, you I, you know, I, I brought, I think I shared with you a couple of free gifts. I don't remember, but on my homepage there. Yeah, I have the essential keys to liberation. Yes, which is not on my, okay, so that's not actually on my homepage. So if okay. they go to my homepage, they'll get an extra one. Um, which is actually, it's, it's called the feminine soul fulfillment formula, which is a five part audio series with an accompanying PDF download. And that's really, it's just a fun, juicy practice for my ladies. It, um, it includes seven daily practices that are my favorites and most dear to my heart that I've collected into this sacred daily practice to support women in feeding their most luminous self and embrace their feminine spirit. So that is right on my homepage. The one that um, you have the link to, Mm -hmm. um, it's on my podcast page, but they'll have a direct link. And that is the three essential keys to liberation. And this is, I love to do audios um, as a podcast host (laughs) myself, you know, it's, it's a three part audio series. And this I love and highly recommend to all of your listeners because it's really supporting them on this path of the integrated woman. And it starts, it really guides them through some deeper healing work to release um, the shame and the fear we alluded to so that they can start to embody um, unshakable confidence and really get more connected to their unique sacred purpose in this lifetime so that they can stop waiting for their life to begin and start experiencing the depth of fulfillment that they are here to express and enjoy starting now, not later. So they really complement each other. If they want to grab both, um, I'm happy to share both of those. Awesome. I think those will be great resources, especially as a follow-up to our conversation today, which was really powerful. And I think it will also give um, my listeners just um, some things to, I, I say think about, but it's not really about thinking. It's more about feeling about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the very last question I always ask my guests is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, that's a fun question. Treat myself. Well, you know, one of my clients is telling me about this great, um, 
reflexology salon she just discovered. So that's on my list to go get a, a some deep reflexology. Um, but you know, for me, as I feel into it, I you know I could I I, I it's hard to pick one thing. Um, I love to go and take classes myself. Like I'm super like I know you just came back from your, your yoga class before mm-hmm. we hopped onto this. Um, it is a treat for me to go be a student in someone's class, yeah, like spinning or Pilates or bar class or dance class. I love doing that because I just love being in my body. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then I would say the other one is just some, I love spaciousness. I love giving myself white space that is unscheduled, unplanned. And that, that just really gives my feminine spirit, um, some bandwidth to really um, feel and drop in and really open to that more intuitive realm, that more sensual realm, that more spontaneous realm, um, to just kind of make those separations from the hustle and bustle of our everyday life. And then what I do with that is, you know, it varies from time to time. But those are a few tidbits. I could keep going on and on. <laughs> me, well, me too. I could go on, but I, when you said I love being in a class, I I've been working with my own life coach for probably the past three or four months, and that has been such a treat because I hold the space for so many women. So it's nice for someone to hold the space for me and can just I can be in you know she can hold the cocoon and I can, you know, relax and get all comfy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I totally under, I totally understand that as a fellow healer. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I really, really appreciate and loved everything that you shared with us. Um, and I know that my audience is going to adore this and I know that it's really going to help them, um, you know, move into, um, a very, I don't know, sounds kind of cliche, but a very empowering 2018, uh, where they're taking their power back and, you know, this year. So just thank you so yes. much. Yes. Oh yes. It's been my pleasure to connect with you too. And I, um, I, I trust it will serve them well. You're right. Here we are at the onset of, uh, 2018. So it's great timing. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.